0: You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein. And today I have with me Rob Mack. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Jamie. Excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited we're doing this, and I'm so excited that we met. We met recently during a some type of event or whatever it was, um, and I just um, I loved your energy, and I loved what you had to say, so I was like, I need to interview you on my show.
1: <laughs> I so appreciate you, Jamie. Yeah, we had a lot of fun on that panel, I think.
0: It was a lot of fun. I'm excited to um, – we're going to get the recording soon so we can share that with our audience. Um, okay. And so first, before we get into some topics, I'm going to read to you guys about Rob, who is a man of all trades, (laughs) a Rob of all trades. So Robert is an Ivy League educated positive psychology expert, celebrity happiness coach, executive coach, and author. Robert studied under the direction of Martin Seligman, the founder of positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. UPenn is the only institution in the world to offer a master's in applied positive psychology. I didn't know that. Very cool. Robert is one of the world's leading experts on the relationship between happiness and success. He helps individuals and organizations achieve an energizing balance of authentic personal happiness and effortless professional success based on time-tested, face-valid empirical data and timeless transcendental wisdom. Robert's work has been endorsed by Oprah, Vanessa Williams, and many others. And he has been seen on Good Morning America, the Today Show, Access Hollywood, E, OWN, GQ, Self, Health, Cosmopolitan, and Glamour. Robert's first book, Happiness from the Inside Out, The Art and Science of Fulfillment, is celebrity-endorsed and critically acclaimed. It has been translated into various languages, including Chinese. Very, very cool. So, I mean... I don't even know where to begin, but one of my questions is, what was it like to do all these interviews and to be endorsed by all of these people that are so highly looked at? Like, there's Oprah, and then you're in GQ. I mean, what what was that like, and how did that make you feel?
1: Yeah, it was um, awesome and also quite surprising. I mean, I grew up, like, in such a um, quiet, uh, small little town, and I was such a shy, introverted, anxious kid. So to have those experiences and to hear about them is kind of surreal. You know, you're like, oh, that does sound pretty interesting. Who's that? Oh, that's right. That was me, I guess. <laughs> I guess I had those experiences. Um, but yeah, it was um, fantastic when I went through it. Um, no question about it. And at the same time, I would uh, say that my I'm probably happiest of the accomplishments um, that have been internal or inner, right? So those are, um, you know, I've had, it was a ton of fun doing TV and media, as you well know, um, you know, no question about it.
0: Okay, so can you let tell the audience who doesn't have positive psychology how you work with it and how you work with your clients and just talk about happiness. I know you wanted to talk about peace and happiness and love, which sound could sound cliché or cheesy to anybody, but you've studied this stuff. You yeah, are an yeah. intelligent man. So break it down for us. What is positive psychology and how do you help people achieve happiness?
1: Yeah, so first I'm going to send you a check. I'm going to Venmo you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I so appreciate the love. Um, so Applied Positive Psychology really is the study and science of happiness. It's the study and science of what makes life worth living. So Martin Seligman, like the godfather of positive psychology, really um, you know made a career out of studying learned helplessness and depression. And over a period of time, many, many decades, he discovered that When you remove the dysfunction or mental illness, or even the sort of um, challenges or issues in a person's life, you don't end up getting discovered that, you know, you can't just remove what's wrong from a person's life and expect them to be happy. You have to actually put something else positive into their life as well. So anyway, this program at the University of Pennsylvania grew out of his work, out of his work around loneliness and oppression, and more meaningfully around his work or out of his work with happiness and um, really studying what makes for a flourishing life. Um, Mm -hmm. It's an empirical study, it's, you know, research-driven, but it's all about what leads to happy life and what doesn't lead to happy life, but also what a happy life leads to, right? So a lot lot of us have the idea, and I think we're hopefully hopefully disabuse of this idea, but that idea that if we can just find a way to get all the stuff we want, we'll be happy. And the science of positive psychology obviously suggests differently.
0: Right, because once again, cliche, but it's so true that our happiness comes from within. We need to do that work to unconditionally love us in to a big spiritual person through the law of attraction. We bring in what is supposed to happen and we bring in what is the reflection of what's going on inside. And so it sounds like that is similar to the work that you do.
1: You, you nailed it, Jamie. That's precisely it. You know, um, As I sometimes say, you know, happiness is not only the greatest success, meaning it's the reason we want success. So no matter what you want to achieve, accomplish, or acquire in your life, you ultimately want it because you think you'll feel better for having it, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. greatest success. But we also know now, from you know, decades of research, that happiness also leads to success, which means that happy people experience better lives objectively as well as subjectively. So meaning, happy people live six to seven years longer. They experience um better health during those longer years they get married earlier stay married longer and are happy in all relationships whether they're married or not it's about you know love not just marriage um they make more money dollars a thousand dollars course they experience less job burnout their rating is actually more attractive than uh their unhappy counterparts as well and um you know so i sometimes joke you know happiness is attractive literally and figuratively and happy people make better lovers uh, so to speak but yeah that's all um you know supported by data and research, we just know that, you know, if you can find a way to get happy without all the stuff you want or without all the people you want, not mm-hmm. only are you happy, which is the point of it all anyway, but you also find your way into those more desirable circumstances that you ultimately after.
0: So what's coming to me is this whole, is it the chicken or the egg concept, which you can use with so many different aspects of life. And with this, it really is, you really do need to be happy you need to be happy no matter what is going on outside and then once you're happy then more happiness comes
1: into your life you nailed it It the first time i heard that i was like are you kidding me right now it seems like such a puzzle or cohen right but the idea is that if you can be happy without a partner you'll more quickly easily effortlessly and enjoyably attract a partner if you can be happy without the money you want surprisingly you find your way into more money you also tend to save more money but it really is a master key and a cheat code to getting what you want more easily and effortlessly.
0: So let's talk about relationships because this is Love Talk Live after all. Um, With your clients that have come in and want to manifest love, want to bring in love and are just really down, a few questions. I'd love to know some success stories or a success story, but what do you think is the what have you seen across the board is what's in their way the most, if there is a commonality.
1: What leads to happy life and even what leads to a successful life. So we often think about those things that we want to achieve, accomplish, or acquire. So the beautiful house so or the beautiful wife or husband or you know the better health or better body, whatever it is. We often think about those things as opportunities to be happy later, which mm-hmm. can seem mm-hmm. so obvious, but they are often end up being obstacles to being happy now, right? So it's really our programming conditioning around happiness and around love and around peace and around success that gets in the way. So we just have some sort of been sold a bad bill of goods around what leads to sort of the happiest life or the life that's full of the most love or the most peace or even the most successful life. And so it's helping people to sort of see through the empty promises that success makes or that marriage makes. Um, or that acquiring more things or accomplishing more things makes. Um, you know, very rarely does anything in the world really deliver that has earlier just an inside job
0: Yes, and what's coming to me is is it's about being present, which is what we're discussing. And it's about being grateful. It's almost a lot of the work that I do with my clients, and I'm guessing you do, too is, to be grateful what you have now, because by doing that, you will bring in all of the reasons that you want to be grateful for in the future.
1: Oh, spoken like the star you are, Jimmy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, you know, and I used to struggle. I mean, look, the only reason I'm a happiness coach today, and it's wild to me, because I'm the least likely person to be a happiness coach, because I grew up and I was so depressed. I was so unhappy, and I always thought I would grow out of it. I well, I'm going to get some girl, you know, I'll get, I'll get a girlfriend. I'll have some, you know, I'll make some money. Hopefully I'll get a good job. I'll do well in school. Maybe I'll become a professional basketball player. That was always my dream. But despite my life getting better through teenage years, I became suicidal and I had a suicidal experience mm. and that experience as tough as it was actually was one of the best things that happened to me in my life because it helped me see through, you know, a lot of the myths and misconceptions that I had around happiness. And one of them was that, you know. Gratitude is good, but what's it going to do for my life? And how's it going to improve my life in objective ways? But we now know based on science that you're absolutely right, that if you can find a way to be more deeply present and look for ways to appreciate in your life very quickly, those things appreciate or they gain value, right? So the more you can focus on simply enjoying where you are, no matter where you are, and enjoying who, who you're with, no matter who you're with, strangely enough, you find yourself, just sort of leaning into happier, healthier, and wealthier lives on the outside and on the inside, right? So you begin to feel better right away. Over time, you discover that you start to do
0: how what you went through is the dark night of the soul, which I believe everybody goes through a certain their own their own version of that and so the greatest thing about well I love how it's like you turned tragedy or this Unfortunate, or it's not unfortunate. This negative experience into your career and into into happiness and positivity. And when people are really that low, I feel like two things. And let me know if you had this experience. And anybody who's watching who is feeling low for whatever reason, two things are so helpful. And it's one is is like it's like you're in this dark room, and if you can just see that glimmer of light just in the corner of that room, just that glimmer. Because when people are really depressed, they feel hopeless. You know, how can I get from here? How can I ever feel happy? Just got to see that glimmer of light, which is basically a glimmer of hope and believe that you can get better. And also, like you were saying, find people that you feel unconditionally loved by. It could be one person you just need one person it could be a pet it could be that dog that gives you unconditional original but whatever it helps if it is a person because then you can feel the arms and everything and that's also what I believe helps and so it sounds like that's what you did it sounds like you found these people you tapped into what it feels like to feel love and love carried you through and saved your life
1: yeah that's a great way of putting it and you know I often think about happiness as love. Is not two different energy or two different things, but two ways of looking at the same thing, right? So um, another way to say it, you know, is, is, is this. I think the question is, I went, I'd done this research and said, oh, I'm going to slash my wrist. That's how I'm going to do it. And I went, remember going to get the kitchen knife or steak knife, and I put it into my wrist. And the strangest thing happened in that moment, which is that without anything in my external conditions or circumstances changing. I had a pretty good life, you know, um, I had a great job. I didn't necessarily love the job, but the money was okay. And, you know, I had a healthy family and all that good stuff. When I dug this knife into my wrist, without any of that changing, I felt this inexplicable peace, love and joy wash over me. Just oh, wash over me, right? It was just so unexpected and ironic in a way. And it, in that moment I decided, you know I'm gonna put this suicide thing on pause for a minute. I'm gonna do a little research. And Put a pin in it. Yeah, it's just I mean, literally, it was like 15 minutes. I mean, honestly, Jamie, that's all I committed to. I said 15 minutes. That's it. Nothing more than that. So I committed to the 15 minutes, and I, I'm probably and I quickly discovered first of all, I wasn't alone. So that was the first sort of glimpse of hope that I had. That was like, oh wait, I'm not alone in this depression and unhappiness and even suicidal ideation. And as I continued doing the research, I did discover all of these sources of love, and it was mostly through dead authors or authors out there in the world that I had never met before. But I felt this sort of like, you know, outpouring of love through the books I was discovering and the videos I was watching and all that stuff. And so that for me was the unconditional love in a way that you're speaking of. It was like in two moments, both the suicidal moment when I felt that unconditional love and peace and joy for no good reason, seemingly. But it was also, as I continued doing the research, I felt more and more of the love that was coming through you know, lots of these either experts or authors or teachers in the world that had either been alive at the time or had been maybe dead for several um, thousands of years. Right. But yes, me to um, navigate that period of my life um, in a way that I'm deeply grateful for today.
0: I've never heard a story like this. I feel like in that moment, spirit, God, something. I mean, I've never heard a story where you're like this and then you're like, oh, my God, I've never felt more love and peace and joy in my life. So, like you had angels, you obviously had angels around you,
1: no question about it, Jamie. I mean, and happy.
0: everybody does, but but in that moment, you tapped into them.
1: You're you're spot on. I mean, when people would ask me later, you know, I didn't share this with too many people at the beginning, but as I began to, you know, work my way through, it, they said, Well, what would what you um attribute that to? I said, Just I don't have any other word except divine intervention, right? Divine intervention, and 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 what I've discovered along with that is that. When my mind was quiet, it was for one moment in my life finally quiet because I had experienced so much self-rumination that led to one, right? mostly self-ruminative. Finally, became quiet for just a moment or a micro moment. Then that divine or true love, we'll call it unconditional love, just sort of poured in. You know, it just sort of rained all over me. And so, yes, Jamie, I completely agree with you that I think, and this is the beauty and value of any scripture, no matter what you know, religion or spiritual tradition yeah. you dive into, they have something that says or sounds sort of like, you know, um, listen to the still small voice within, you know, in mm-hmm. that presence is the fullness of joy. But the idea essentially is that when your mind is cool, quiet, calm, and composed, joy, peace, and love already are.
0: Yes. And that is, that's the work. That's the work that I do that that you do also. It's helping people to get past the ego that just spews out lies and fear based things and to reside in our authentic self, which is our love and our soul. And I love, I mean, there is so much beauty and clarity and guidance in being in the quiet, in the being quiet. We have all of the answers that we need inside. We have all the empowerment. We have all the love. And so when we can access that, which it's happening for everybody every day, this is not hard work. It just takes practice and time. Once you do that, you, I mean, it, it's, it's a life-changing experience.
1: Oh, no question ideas. about it. Jamie. you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, it's only taking me 21 short years. I'm going to read my age, but 21 <laughs> short years to discover that. I mean, it's been a journey really from like words to wordlessness from like lots of thoughts to like thoughtlessness and like thoughtless awareness Mm -hmm. and discovery for me has been that like this idea around let's say peace of mind we call it peace of mind but for me it's really peace of no mind right it's not not in a state of mind part of it and so all that means is that in the silence and the stillness is perfect serenity and perfect peace and perfect love and perfect happiness and that's what i would call God or source or spirit or infinite intelligence. It's spending more time in that silence and stillness where there are no problems and where nothing needs fixed because nothing is wrong. So I couldn't agree with you more there. It's um, incredibly important to spend time in quiet and stillness and silence. And to remember that most of the problems that we experience on a daily basis aren't as much out there in the world, plenty of those kinds of problems, but we, through the way we think about them or the fact that we think about them in the way that we do, make those experiences, conditions, and circumstances problematic, right? So as the expression goes, all of nature is perfectly blissful except for human beings. Only human beings make a problem in yeah. existence, right? If you think about that, it's like most of nature. I mean, the birds and the bees, they don't suicide.
0: Happen and it's the emotion or the feeling that we assign to it that makes it a problem. And then it's up to us, do we want it to... Just fester and stay inside and ruminate? Or do we want to just let it pass through? And of course, if it is an unresolved issue and it keeps unresolved issues, they just keep showing up and up. You do need to do that work to resolve that so that you don't have that energy inside. However, uh, there's this book, David Singer Untethered Soul. Love that book. Me too. (laughs) So much. And it's all about how you're driving down the highway and you see a tree. And that experience just passes right through. We all as human beings have the power to do that with anything and everything in our lives. It's it's the judgment that we put on things. When we can when we can get rid of the judgment and, and not make anything, or bad, there's so much peace and happiness in that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's a question of like identifying with your thoughts in a way that consistently makes you unhappy or self-loathing or whatever it may be or not identifying with your thoughts, right? You can experience the thoughts in the same way you do the clouds in the sky. It's like, they're just passing phenomena, and you can step back and notice them without fighting them and without feeding them. So in other words, without trying to actively change or resist them all the time, it's just from a different place where you're not the mind, you're the awareness behind or of the mind itself, right? So yeah, it's, um, you know, and sometimes it can sound abstract until you start to play with it a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm can I dismiss this thought or can I let this thought just pass? And then can I kind of reconnect with the body or stay present in the body as I have these thoughts and feelings? And every time a thought and feeling arises, can I just sit and bring my attention back? It's thought and just thought was so silly for so many years. And as you get older, and I think as you start to play with other practices, which are also valuable, you start to discover that really the mind is this incredible problem solver, but it's just as much a troublemaker at times.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it's fear-based and what fear is, is false evidence appearing real. So it's, people are walking around so unaware that these thoughts that they're having are just not even true until you start to do this work and have the awareness and and to be conscious and to get quiet.
1: Oh my goodness. I love that so much. It sounds like you probably, um, I'm sure we have lots of uh, uh, virtual author friends in common. And Byron Katie is a, one of my favorite authors as well. And she talks a lot about that. You know, it's an abbreviated form of cognitive behavioral therapy that she offers. And it's really just about questioning or challenging thoughts, you know, yeah. right? Every stressful thought is a lie. And I go further and say, every thought on some level is a lie. We never really think reality. You can't think reality, you'll experience reality, right? Mm. So there's thought, thoughts always in the stories in your head, you're always adding something or removing something or changing something to reality. Right. So anyway, you're right. Uh, absolutely. It's the stories in our head that make us miserable.
0: Right. And so what the work that we do is we help people not suffer. And as much as, and, and as much as these thoughts can be negative, we can also, we are the co-creators of our life and we can, so we can create happiness and positive psychology positive thoughts, being, embodying positive, positivity, which isn't even a necessary word, but we can embody this this joy and this peace. You,
1: you just, that's exactly, and it's the many paths to enlightenment as there are people on the planet kind of thing, right? So it's always about customizing and personalizing what you hear, what you read, um, from whether it's an expert or it's your aunt or somebody else that knows something, maybe a little bit more about happiness. And to your point, it's like positive thinking is, infinitely better than negative thinking. I would just call it constructive thinking. You know, it's like just coming around to realizing and recognizing that you don't have to vet thoughts only based on whether or not they're true, but that you can vet them also based on whether or not they're helpful. Do they support you in feeling what you mm-hmm. want to feel or support you in achieving what you want to achieve, right? So the whole key there is really about telling a better feeling story based in truth about everything in your life. It's like you might have zero dollars and you can say that you're broke or a much happier, better feeling, but truthful story is that there's only up from here, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to think, you know, it could be the same truthful story, but you can begin to recruit language and stories that are much so constructive in terms of to
0: plug everything away because we need to finish up soon. But I just want to add that there's two things in life, there's fear and there's love. And it's just about making that loving choice.
1: That's right, Jamie. That's okay. right. What is fear but a call to love, right? Fear is just a call to love whether it's just yeah. love or someone else. I love that so much.
0: Okay, so plug away with how people can find you, work with you, your book name again, where they can find that, et cetera.
1: Sure. So you can find um, me, Rob Mack, at, Rob, um, at CoachRobMack.com. You can find me also on all social media platforms, probably most consistently Instagram at Rob Mack, M-A-C-K official. And you can find both my books, Happiness from the Inside Out, which is out already, and then Love from the Inside Out, which will be out this summer. Uh, everywhere great books are sold including Amazon and Barnes and & Noble
0: amazing and everybody just very easy can find me at therelationshipexpert.com all my information is there are so excited that you did this so many people are going to be inspired so thank you for coming on the show today well, I really
1: appreciate you so much Jamie. seriously thank you so much for having me
0: a huge namaste to you And God bless you. And everybody, join us every week on Love Talk Live, 2 p.m. Pacific on LA Talk Radio. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.